Hello, my friends. Today we are talking to Alex, the CTO and co-founder at ClickUp, and we discuss the lessons learned from hiring early on in a startup, ClickUp's goal to be the one place to get work done, and why values and culture items can change as the company goes through different phases. All of this right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Alex. Hey, Joel. How are you doing? Dude, I'm fantastic. How are you feeling today? Pretty good. Where are you calling in from? I am in Los Angeles. You guys still locked down pretty hard? Yeah. <laughs> we can't do anything. But uh, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Is that is that pretty difficult for you? Or are you handling it well? I handle it pretty well. I've been I I've worked from home for years, so it's not too weird for that. Except for that, like there's no escape. You used to have the the escape it either in the evenings or on the weekend, but there you're pretty much pretty much gotta make sure you got what you need in in your house now. Are you going on walks though? Are you getting some outside time? Yeah, I also got a new puppy, so that that was exciting. I got him uh, maybe four or five weeks ago. That keeps you busy. <laughs> yeah, that'll keep you up at night. <laughs> yeah. What did you name the puppy? Charlie. <laughs> Charlie. That, there you go. You gave it a human name. I love it. Man, I was super excited when I heard I was going to get to talk with you because I was just evaluating, like, I don't know, about six weeks ago, I was evaluating like how we're going to handle. So we do these podcasts, right? And then to promote them, we do quick clips and content and newsletter. We do all of these tasks and we had them all in the spreadsheet. And, you know, we have production, associate producers, you know, interns sometimes. And there's basically, you know, anywhere from 50 to 100 events that occur from a moment where like, we're going to do a podcast with an individual from booking to all that stuff. And we needed a way that was better than the spreadsheet because what was happening is something would, a box would accidentally get checked. Maybe if someone was checking the spreadsheet on their mobile device or something, we had these like boxes in the spreadsheet or um, someone would just forget to relay information or it would act like there was all of these like little things that would happen that I would ultimately hear back from like through the customer, the customer's upset. Oh, you know, nobody notified me of this. And I went and I looked in the box and I was like, Oh, we missed that. Or, and some tasks are dependent on other tasks. And I was like, there's no way in the world, like there's going to be a software out there. I'm going to end up having to build this myself because that's my background. And then I started searching around and found your company and a couple other companies. And so I signed up for a bunch of free trials and your software was the best. So when I heard I was getting to talk to you today, I was like, yes, I love this. <laughs> I'm very excited. I was super happy about it. Well, I'm glad I thought ours was the best. Uh, yeah, we definitely do our best also to be pretty agnostic as far as workflow. So no matter what you're trying, like however your team works, we, we do our best to make sure you can customize ClickUp to kind of fit your workflow, whether, you know, a lot of platforms, if they're geared towards software development, it's like, oh, if you don't do strict agile development, this probably isn't going to work for you. Uh, we've We've gone pretty far away from that, like make it very customizable. So no matter what vertical or like what kind of team you are, your your workflow should fit into ClickUp, uh, turning things on and off, features on and off, and making sure that it really fits for what you're looking for. 
Yeah, you do so many things. It's actually a little bit crazy. I have a whole bunch of questions and things I want to ask you about, like how you organize all that chaos. But first, I kind of wanted to know like a little bit about you and how you got started. Like what what was your first like foray into technology? Um, so I, when I was uh, younger, I was kind of like a math and science kid and always into computers, played a lot of video games. So that kind of just transitioned into computer science. So I went to school for computer science. I was kind of lucky. I, I realized a lot of people when they go into school don't know what they want to do. Uh, I, I've always kind of known, so pretty lucky, uh, just knowing I really loved computers, liked building things. And so always wanted to do like the, the startup grind and whatnot, but out of school ended up going to IBM where I learned quite a bit and then met up with Zeb and we founded ClickUp. But how did that go? It sounds like too perfect. So you're at IBM, <laughs> right? It's too perfect for me, my friend. All right, you're at IBM, you're doing this nine to five thing and you're like, oh, I just love this. Or were you like, I need to get out there. Like, how, Tell me about more of your state of mind and like where you were at in life and, and how this came about. Sure, it's actually a little, little weird uh, as far as I actually never really might sound bad, but I never really wanted to work at IBM. Um, I was applying for startups and small businesses, kind of like basically startups. Um, and they were all kind of telling me out of, out of school. And they were telling me like, you're not experienced enough probably to do this. And I now see that's probably right. You know, <laughs> at, a, at a startup, you you aren't going to have anyone to guide you if you're like the first two or to four people you're going to be handed everything and be like, well, we need you to build this. And we need you to build it correctly. Uh, and it's going to need to scale quickly because you're going to be put on another thing and another thing to build. So luckily, none of those, those startups out of school uh, ended up hiring me. Uh, and I, I had worked at IBM previously. So I went back to IBM where I learned a ton. Uh, I got put on a bunch of different teams, kind of rotated through teams because the first product I went, I was on kind of, they were sunsetting, so I moved over to Bluemix and cloud integrations um, and got got to see a little bit of fast-paced things there as well. So got a lot a lot of experience there. Um, and then while I was working there, I was trying to do something outside. Like, so I always wanted to do the startup thing. So I, I was trying to find someone to work with and people to, to... It's very difficult to do alone, stay motivated, get things done. Also, skill sets you're not going to have the skill sets that every single skill set. So you got to find people who compliment you. And so China, I was in North Carolina in Raleigh, North Carolina, working at IBM, uh, trying to do on the weekends and things like that uh, and meeting up with people, but I never really found anybody. And I kind of gave up on that, tried to do things on my own, made a couple like mobile games and stuff, but yeah, it's, it, it was tricky uh, to do by myself. So I, I was on a, website called cofounderslab.com that's where i was trying to find people if you're in like a major city like major tech hub like san francisco i'm sure there's a ton of people you can find to, to try and partner with and make something cool but in raleigh north carolina there's really not that many people trying to put in another 40 hours on top of their 40 hour week to try to build something so luckily you know i had actually given up on the website and then one day zeb our CEO and co-founder emailed me on that and was like, Hey, let's, let's meet up and try and try and see if we are compatible. If like, 
we want to build something together. And I'm not really sure why I responded because I got a few that I just was like, this isn't working. This isn't working. Either they, they want to put in like an hour a week or it just skills don't complement. And we met up and we just, it just worked out. Um, but yeah, he, he had built previous businesses. So originally I was going to be working on the weekends on this, um, kind of putting in hours I could, but, uh, eventually he suggested like, Hey, I can fund this and you, you can leave IBM and do this full time. So that's what I ended up doing. Uh, a lot of people told me not to do it because I had just got engaged. Uh, I planned on moving across the country. So I was in Raleigh and I was moving to California, uh, to Los Angeles. And yeah, everyone's like, those are some of the biggest life events. And then you're going to add quitting your job and starting a business, like a new job on top of that. So, but I, you know, we, we gave it a shot and so far it's been working out. <laughs> I love it, man. Because, you know, I, I started this business, the podcast business and the book and all of that stuff. Like right when I was having my first kid and I had a successful consultancy that was building apps and it was kind of on like autopilot. And so to leave that to do something at the same time, like, I think, I think my first child was born in September and I started it officially like in October or November. And I've kind of found that when a lot of people are saying you're crazy, that's usually like a good sign. <laughs> like if you go ask a bunch of like very stable people about something uh, and they're like, yeah, that sounds insane. It's like, all right, well, I think I either have something here. Um, either it's going to go really well or it's going to blow up. But if you just keep taking those chances, you will develop like inner guidance, right? You'll figure it out. And it's definitely not easy. And even if you say, yeah, it kind of worked out, that doesn't mean it wasn't very difficult along the way. And there weren't plenty of ups and downs and there's still going to be, but yeah, it's just real. It's real exciting for me to get to hear you describe it and talk about it because yeah, at, at the best or some of the most key moments in my life, you know, like you said, you don't really know why you responded. You had gotten a couple of them, but you did. It's like some people call it synchronicity. Some people call it like, I heard a new term. Someone called it like a God wink the other day. <laughs> uh, you know, some people call it the universe, but there's just those moments where things kind of click and you're like, oh, this feels, this feels good. It feels right. Let's do it. And then, you know, that you kind of make up your mind then you can kind of feel it inside. And so even though some people will tell you it's crazy, you're like, yeah, but it feels like it's something I should do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we definitely had a time where, yeah, I had a lot going on, but it was a chance that I, I was willing to take. So, uh, Dude, you and did like it. you're saying, it's been an up and down, it's up and down every day, you know, <laughs> yeah, everything, yeah. no matter whether, whether you're trying new things or you're sticking with your old stuff, it's going to be up and down. So kind of keeping that in mind that you got to kind of roll with the punches and keep going. Yeah. The visualization I like for that one that helps me is, if you look at, I did a lot of financial software previously, <laughs> but if you look at a 10 year snapshot of like the S&P 500 or just the stock market, it's like up and down, like huge, like up and, but over the 10 years, it's like up 500%. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's an up and down, but it's steadily going up on average. And so that, that's kind of how I feel like my life is like, it's always up and down, but if I, every Trending time I take, upwards. yeah, we're at the end of a year right now. So everyone's like looking back on the year or we're beginning the year and looking back on the year and we're kind of like figuring out like, all right, where was, you know, 
number of happy customers last year? Where was revenue last year? Where was I in like my personal growth with like fitness or health or mental stuff and all the habits I wanted? And yeah, it's, how, how do you feel? Did you own this year? Was this a good year for you? Uh, this is a good year as far as the business goes. Um, and then as far as personal stuff goes, just kind of stick in there because it is tricky uh, being, you know, just home always. Uh, you know, trips get canceled, all of your things that you planned on doing to kind of, you know, take a step back for a minute, relax, reset, and then go again. A lot of that stuff got, got wiped out. We're supposed to go on a camping trip. And, you know, like that's one of those things like, oh, no, that'll be fine. Then there's a fire and that gets canceled. <laughs> it's always like, like uh, a little tricky, but, and, you know, you don't get to see friends and family and stuff who are, who have to travel to see you, but you know, everybody's in the same boat for that. So it's like, you just got to tough it out and it'll pass. But as far as work goes, you know, it's been a great year for, for ClickUp. We've been killing it. Uh, we expanded our team a lot and we've got great people. We rate, what's your 30, what's your 30 second like overview? Cause everyone keeps hearing me talk about, Oh, I was like all excited about ClickUp. I'm using it for like one narrow subset of features, but can you give me like the, the 30 second overview? Basically, ClickUp is the is a one app to like replace all your work apps. So it's one app to put all of your work in one place. The way we're accomplishing that at first is your task. The task management platforms are pretty uh, common, and anyone who's using like like you were saying a spreadsheet is uh, even more and more people are moving over to task management platforms, uh, project management platforms. So key core core is your tasks, making sure you, you can get things done there. Then we have your docs. Um, so we have, you know, uh, interactive docs where you can keep your wikis, your um, process documents, like all of that in there. And those are interactive. You can put assigned comments on them and whatnot. So you can kind of make a wiki, whatever you need, and and share that with your team. You can publicly share those as well. And then goals. So making sure you have your top-down goals, reporting, and chat and communication. Uh, it's not necessarily like real-time chat for Slack. I would say we haven't hit that one yet, but we plan to in the future and get all of your work in one place. That's, that's helped a ton for us and a lot of our clients. Um, what Bringing your whole organization into one platform. So that helps a lot for us in, that, in the sense that our development team has their space where they have their workflow and then marketing is alongside it in their own space where they define their workflow. So like they don't have to see our sprint points and things like that, that they don't care about, but we can all communicate on the same platform. So um, for a very long time, we were doing weekly releases on a Friday that with, with features that marketing needs the content for sales needs to learn what it is and everybody understand like, what are we doing? Product needs to be in there helping to, uh, define our features and make sure we're on the right track. But being in one platform, it's really easy for us to communicate. You know, uh, here's the release notes. Let's tag the developers and product team to make sure that this is actually right. Or how can we phrase this better? When you're moving at such a fast pace and like quick cycle, every like minute counts and making sure that all of those notifications, everything are in one place, all that communication is happening in one spot. It's all documented there. Everyone can go look back at it it's helped us a ton to keep that, keep that rhythm of shipping every week. Yeah, it's been, so I just learned a bunch about the product I didn't know. So I'm really glad <laughs> like the wiki is actually something that I'm very interested in because we were lo looking at like a separate tool. And if we could just 
that that was just included and the price we're already paying for the other part of the tool, yep. then we just use your wiki. So I'm, I'm happy to learn about that. Yeah. What we found was really interesting was like the way it helped on a business side of things. Yes. We're delivering able to deliver the, the software or not software. <clears throat> we're able to use the software for our delivery of our podcast deliverables. But uh, it was interesting because there what it, it allowed us to see like the bandwidth of individuals, right? Like how much they have to do and, and that, like what's getting done today and just the ease for them to like open a dashboard and just see, okay, here are the 10 things you have to do today versus filtering through five different spreadsheets and just checking different, do I have something in this spreadsheet I need to do? Do I have something in that spreadsheet I need to do? Um, that was really useful. And then the whole exercise of, like we're a small company, we're under 15 people, but everybody's time needs to be maximized without driving us crazy. Cause like you have to have a quality of life. You have to not get burnt out. But you know, if you have four or five routines specifically that you operate every week, we need to make sure that if a sixth one comes along, we either drop another one, you know, know how much bandwidth they have. And so your software through the, through its ability to, um, I don't know if you guys specifically try to do that. Do you specifically try to do that? Is that like a feature you focus on or is that just a abstract benefit I'm getting? Yeah. So we have like a workload, workload views and things like that to make sure that you can adequately distribute work and see who's overloaded and who, who isn't. Um, there's a few different ways to do it throughout the platform, but uh, yeah, it's definitely something we, we keep in mind and make sure that we have reporting. Um, it, it really comes down to how you decide to measure your tasks and your bandwidth for your team. But we, we made sure that all of our views that do allow to help you track that work for whatever, whatever if you're going to do time estimates, if you're going to do sprint points, if you're just doing um, like due dates and things like that, uh, or if it's just number of tasks, we make sure that it, like, it's all customizable to that in those views whatever you're doing to track how, how much uh, capacity someone has, you'll be able to so that it again, fits your workflow. So, so like with focus, right? Cause you, if you go to your site and you go to the bottom and you're like, here's the tools and here's the use cases, it's like infinite, right? So I see that's where it's at today. Obviously, you know, you guys didn't start with all of that content. You have a great content team, by the way, your articles out there and just the, the quality of them and design and the branding and everything. They're really, really well done. So your content team's rocking. But when you first, I want you to take me back in time when you first started, like, were you looking at a specific segment of the market, like developers or maybe legal assistance? Like, was there a specific thing that you got your first chunks of revenue in before you expanded out? No. <laughs> so that's actually another interesting story is, uh, and, you know, credit to Zeb for that. Uh, we always wanted to be vertical agnostic and like completely customizable where it's a place for your work where the, the, and we see this now, like little families, of two are doing it to attract their chores. Meanwhile, giant companies are doing it to attract their work. Like it's, it's so dynamic and we always wanted it to be that way. And we had a 1.0 version of our product. We shifted to 2.0, 2.0 got a little more complex where it doesn't work as well for the single user, like checklist. You can still use it, but it is a collaboration tool. So there's a lot of things in there that are for collaboration, but we were always looking to 
make it super dynamic. And it was always built that way. And interestingly, in the beginning, investors and, and you know people who took a look at like our, what our plan was told us that was a horrible idea. Um, <laughs> they said that will never work. You, like you need to pick a market and target it. Like and and but we didn't want to. It's it's, it's very painful. We didn't like the opinionated software, so we went the other way. And as much as people said it didn't, it wouldn't work out. You know, it it definitely does. Our our marketing team it works. It uses it and it works well for them. It works well for our development team. Works well for you know the use cases are insane. Our first our first paying customer was a jujitsu gym, uh, <laughs> <laughs> where he schedules his ta- his tasks and his team tasks in there. So yeah, we've always kind of geared it towards whoever whoever is trying to get work done. You should be able to fit it into into ClickUp pretty well. That is so cool. I love it. Do you ever do jujitsu? Uh, I have done a bit, but is that on your, do you use ClickUp in your personal life? Like with your, with your wife, you're like, here's our chores wife. (laughs) (laughs) Not, not really. It's more so uh, I do use dashboards and the widgets within there to organize kind of my day. Um, So our dashboards feature, you can, you can put, pull in, you know, different widgets to do whatever you need. I have a personal one where I pull in kind of what I plan on doing for work and what I do, what I plan on doing for like myself uh, and making sure that I get all my things knocked out, whether that's like getting my license renewed or whatever, make sure it's on the list. How, how has the growth been? Do you guys, if you can share this or not, but like employee count, like how, how have you been growing over the past like couple of years? Well, where are you at today? And then how's the, how's the growth? Yeah, sure. I have some of the numbers in front of me. Um, so We've got uh, millions of users and you know over 200,000 teams using our platform, and employee count uh, somewhere in the in the 100 mid mid 100, I believe. Uh, I'm not positive on the employee count, but yeah, we've just been continuing to grow across the business. The 20, 2020 was an interesting uh, interesting year for company growth because we up until the beginning of 2020, maybe late 2019, we were all organic growth. We were growing like crazy, but it was all organic. And you can see some of Zeb's talks about like uh, product market fit and organic product market fit. I suggest looking at some of those to see just how like we knew this product was going to work because we weren't marketing until like the beginning of 2020 or late 2019. And we didn't have a sales team. So we added both of those in 2020. So that's a giant headcount increase. So our, our company increased quite a bit there. And then one of our core values is customer service. Um, so we, we continue to increase headcount there to make sure that we have you know fast response times, but also great customer service reps where they have the time to, to you know look at a look at an email or a chat that comes in and make sure they answer it to like the best of their ability, get the customer what they need and happy. Um, I think that's a really important thing to drive home, no matter you know what business you're in. It's so easy to go through your like everyday life. I went to a fast food restaurant the other day, and it's just frustrating. It like the customer service is so bad, and it's so it's one of those things that if you just instill it into your company, like your customers will love it. And it's honestly, it's it's not a difficult thing to do. It's happy people will be good customer service reps and like give a good customer experience and your customers will love it because it's not a common thing for some reason. 
I know. I know. It's, it's amazing. I always notice it when I go to the doctors because they have such a packed business model. They're not hurting for business at all. Right. And so they have some of the worst experiences with like trying to book calls. You call, you're on hold for 10 minutes. You talk to someone, they're trying to move stuff around. It's like, why is this not like a Calendly type experience where I can book like and it's because they have so much business. They don't have to change. It's not competitive. Some, sometimes it becomes uncompetitive in the market. And it's, if it stays that way long enough, another company comes around who solves the problem, who has the best customer service, and then everyone floods over to them. That's like a little disruption. But um, when you were talking about culture, I was curious. So you come out of, you were, you know, intern, and then I think an employee at IBM, right? So you come out of that with that experience, right? Um, so you've got some, but then you're in this company building the product and you, you're, you're scaling relatively quickly and growing. So like those first people that you're hiring, all of like, you know, let's focus on that. The first people you're hiring, what mistakes were you making or how did you learn? Did you, did your co-founder have a little bit more experience? Uh, did you get lucky hiring like really great people right at the beginning? Tell me about that. I think it's a bit of both. Uh, I've definitely had experience hiring before. Um, he brought some people over from his past company. Um, some of our developers are in Europe and he was working with them previously. So we brought some of them over. We definitely learned a lot hiring. Um, we also originally were working on something other than ClickUp. ClickUp was like an internal tool that we were building because we didn't like what we were using for project management. Um, so we were kind of just like, well, let's build something uh, to get our work done. Uh, but we got lucky in that like we found some great people while we were building that first thing that we kept into ClickUp. Um, for instance, Sergey, one of our developers, is amazing, and he, he he's still with us today. And you know that it's been a few years. And but as far as finding the right people, you know, it's making sure, especially in the early days, it, it's a it's a work ethic thing. I would say is the biggest thing in the early days was just making sure that they wanted to put the work in and dedicate you know time to getting this done and also understanding the values one of the big values for our engineering team that we try to always communicate is what 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 are we making and why it's a little easier with something like our tool because we use it that's what's great about an internal tool becoming a product is you use it and you understand the value of what you're working on uh, a lot of times, especially in software, you're working on something you would never use. So understanding how this brings customer value is, is kind of tricky, but something that we're using every day while we build it. Uh, you know, you, you make a new feature. Last last week, we made nested subtasks came out. Um, yeah. you, you know how much value that brings. So it's, it's exciting to work on and you, you know you want to make it great. You, 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 and then we also do our best to illuminate feedback from our customers to our development team. Uh, it's easy to be on the development team and never see the positive. You only see the negative, you get the bugs or the issues and you continue to turn out features, uh, making sure they see like, the customers like this and or you did a great job on this. Look at the the praise for nested subtasks as an example uh, or whatever we're pushing. Yeah, no, it's, it looks like you have a great company culture. And I did get that update and I saw it and I was like, yes, that is actually like exactly the thing I was looking for. So I did the demo then I scheduled us to like, you know, really get into it on my vacation and then ended up just being out in the wilderness. <laughs> and uh, 
and so when I, I was like, it really needs this one thing. And then, then I get the email. It was like, <laughs> uh, it was awesome. It was like, I need this. I didn't even like message customer support or ask for it. Uh, I just knew I needed it instinctively. And then I saw it come out and I was like, this is so perfect. Like what, what perfect timing. But when it, when it comes to company culture, um, I saw on your website, you guys have some of your culture items and they're, they're pretty funny because they've got some curse words in them. <laughs> and uh, I was just curious, like how, how you guys came up with that? Who came up with that? Um, so a lot of them just come, we didn't, we didn't write them down and decide to make a culture, right? Uh, we were working for a few years already before um, we like really wrote them down. We were kind of looking at, well, what, what have we been trying to instill and what, what, what is succeeding and what do we like about the culture we have already when it's, you know, just five people, six people um, and try to instill those into those, into those core values. You know, one of the things was we wanted good customer service. Zeb originally starts, started in the hospitality industry. So his big thing is customer service and we wanted the customer experience to be great. So that was definitely part of our core values, but also it's just hard work and getting things done. So how do we get that done? How do we make sure that we we don't let things fall through the cracks? So like remembering things and and pushing the needle forward. So uh, I think some of our core values change. Uh, we change that, that them as, as we grow and as we move forward. You know, there's like what's important now or or at this at this uh, company size and so on, team size. What what makes more sense? So uh, I think we used to have. It, it is now progress over perfection. I forget what it was before, um, but something something along the lines of like get it get it done now or something like that, um, rather than pushing it off to later if it's a small thing. But we moved over to kind of progress over perfection, and that's just not that we're not striving to make things great and perfect, but getting what we can done now so that we can continue to push the needle forward, deliver the value we can to our customers now while we continue to improve, continue to to get whether they're improvements on existing things or new things out the door. Yeah. I, I love them. I, when I saw it, I was like, Oh, these people are going to be cool people. Right. <laughs> and, I, and then I was talking with our producer. I was like, I don't know, man, should, am I allowed to say home? Because we, because <laughs> the podcast, you have to like put the explicit tag uh, on it. Yeah. I left, you know? I left some words out there. <laughs> I know. I know you did it so well, but then like, the funny thing about life, we can talk about this life moment right now that I'm, ex- that we're experiencing together. So like, in our prep call with my team and everything, we're saying the name of them, we're laughing about them. We're like, yep, because they're so real for us. Like your culture, your ClickUp culture and our culture are great fits, right? They're really, really great fits. And so we were just loving the similarities and we're like, yep, we've learned that lesson. Like remember things, you know, create a system. It's like, that's what you do, right? Yep. And uh, so that's, that's the system that we're adding into ClickUp. It's that system of items, right? And so, uh, but it's weird though, because then when we're like in an interview format, even though it's casual interview, it feels weird to like say, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know, maybe I'm just, just being, being silly, but uh, I do love the culture. And I think it's really great what you're doing. I love your background too. It, it, the, the branding, everything at ClickUp is like really on point. Um, one thing I was doing right before this call was downloading the, uh, the app. I hadn't had been using the app before. So I was like, oh, let's go get this thing set up. And I was talking a couple of weeks ago with um, 
the CTO, his name's uh, David, he's at Now Secure, right? And they, uh, and you know, my background's development, right? I've been mm-hmm. a software engineer for 17 years. So uh, I was talking with David about like the apps and securities, because that's what they do at Now Secure. And he was uh, like explaining to me how now you can like integrate the security stuff like into your deployment pipelines, right? So like security checks and things can run like as you're committing code and all of that. And I was like blown away. And then they have all of these like mobile security has kind of like emerged out into its own market. Like there's a whole lot going on there. It's amazing how fast things progress, even in the past like three years, right? And uh, I was just curious about like, you know, how do you think about, you know, mobile security? Uh, do you just have somebody that thinks about that all day? Or how, how does that fall into your lap as a CTO? Uh, I think, you know, the main thing is just making sure that security is baked into your development process. Um, if it's not considered, you're going you're gonna to run into issues. So having, having you know, rules in place in your code base that make sure that certain things don't happen, you have your reviews, and then a, like QA review, uh, sorry, uh, PR reviews, so pull request reviews before anything actually makes it to the code base. So that, some, you know, you get a few sets of eyes on something. And then also across the board, like you're saying, automated scans that make sure everything looks good. And then every once in a while have external audits as well that make sure everything looks good. Uh, so that whether, you know, our team's going to do what they can for security and we're going to make sure it's, it's 100% secure, but it's always good to bring in another, you know, agency and do some auditing on everything and make sure everything's buttoned up and there's no new, new vulnerabilities that you need to update. Um, you know, Really, the, the external agencies never really find anything. They mostly are just uh, telling you, like, you could really update this version or something. <laughs> but yeah, building it into the pipeline is always is always the way to go, both on the manual side and automated side. Make sure you you have automated uh, like pen tests and things running, as well as making sure your your development process is set up for reviews where no one's code is just slipping through. Something we haven't had fun doing but is necessary as you grow is getting all the compliance items checked off so some of those compliance items are making sure uh, for instance with SOC 2 compliance it requires that you have all these processes not just implemented but documented and whatnot and provide evidence that you're following them make sure there's a lot of gatekeeping as far as like how things make it into production just making it into the process is good isn't that crazy when you start looking at the c- compliance and as like a small development team, you're like, <laughs> like you kind of like laugh at it. You're like, how would you get anything done if all of these barriers were like actually set up? That would be impossible. You'd spend half of your job just like submitting requests for access to things. <laughs> yeah. And, and so much of the compliance stuff is very dated or like that. That's the other thing is you, you shouldn't ensure like your compliance being compliant, SOC 2 compliance does not make your your application secure. Those procedures are supposed to help. And so you should still be, you know, diligent about your making sure that you have those uh, reviews and people are actually looking at things and that um, you run run the run your pen tests and, and your um, all of your automated stuff. So make sure you're you're good to go. You're buttoned up. Yeah, security, man. It's just become such a just a huge topic of topic of conversation. I went out and I got to see some of like the security conferences, you know, a couple years ago, or at least last year before COVID. And 
man, there's such large conferences. There's so much money and there's so many unique tools. There's like one of the other interesting ones I saw recently was like you open up a new tab and that tab's actually on another machine. It was, a, I don't know, Jake can message me what the name of that was, it, maybe like Authenticate or something. But it was such a neat thing because it, it was like a Chrome tab. And, and if you needed a secure browsing tab, you clicked it and it opened and that's actually running on another machine. Have you seen those? No. Where like where um, it's just running on like a remote machine that you guarantee is secure. Or... Yeah, let's see if Jake's gonna Jake's gonna jump in and say words. Nope, he's not. Right, Kevin <laughs> Lund, <laughs> Kevin Lund at Authenticate. Yeah, he says he says he doesn't have his mic right now. Sad face. So uh, yeah, so that's the, that's the the product right like mm-hmm. you need a secure browsing but you don't necess- you're not going to like jump into a virtual machine or something uh maybe you need to click a link and you can just it integrates into your browser so you can just open up a secure tab and that's actually running on some other remote machine somewhere else but they do a bunch of like integrations like maybe like clipboard or something like that uh they just had a lot of usability it was like mm-hmm. very usable is what i'm trying to say it wasn't difficult yeah. to use but you were aware when you're in like a private session. And for me, I thought that was just super interesting because the thing with like training employees, and I'm sure you're getting this too on like phishing. The first time I found out that like phishing was an issue because the people like my sales team didn't understand this concept. They're like, oh, Joel really wants me to wire him money. No, 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 no. I've never emailed you in my life. I slack you or I send you something in ClickUp and you think I emailed you to ask for money. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you see the giant yellow thing that says Google <laughs> thinks it might be phishing? That's not me. Um, but yeah, you, so you would imagine, but like you can train them like, okay, if something's suspicious or if you're doing something that you might need a secure little quarantined area, uh, just, you know, you install it on their company browsers and stuff and on their computers and they just have it. And so um, probably more useful for like financial companies or with like super, super sensitive data. But uh, I, I thought it was super interesting because I just did a multi-part series on all these different security tools. So it'd be interesting to know if that gets around some of the compliance for like Europe data and things like that. If that tab is hosted in Europe, is it considered accessing European data it probably still is because now your computer is in the US but uh, those are always some interesting compliance items as well yeah international compliance is really 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 interesting and And it's it's, getting weirder every every year (laughs) yeah and then like California as a state started like listing its independent requirements yeah and I'm like oh man how complicated would that be if all the different states had their own individual requirements and and they're vague they're They're very incredibly vague and the i guess um i've seen arguments that the reason that they should be vague is so that they they don't need to like go rewrite them in the future if they need to adjust how they apply and i'm like but that doesn't doesn't help us (laughs) you don't tell us what we need to do to be compliant so we're just guessing you know when GDPR first started, we were kind of like uh, trying to figure out what you had to do, and everybody had a different answer. It was just a hundred different answers as far as what makes you compliant. Oh yeah, well, I mean, and it makes sense too. I've learned this in life, so 
I used to be confused. I used to be a confused person, Alex. I was like, why are taxes so complicated, right? I was like, why is this so complicated? And then I found out the people making taxes, like making the tax laws are the tax people. The tax <laughs> people make the tax laws, they make it more complicated. Just like us as engineers, we take engineering and we'll make it really, really complicated and more detailed and use new words every year. There's new buzzwords. And so it's just like a thing that happens in communities where like you, the complexity just grows, right? And so you have people writing laws Right. And so the laws are written by lawyers and then argued by lawyers and courts. And so an ambiguous law is like one of the best ones because then you get to argue it and get either way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you get case law and then they rule based off of how previous cases were. Yeah. And so I, I've just kind of now I'm no longer confused. I completely <laughs> understand every community will just make their own niche like more complex. And it's just the evolution of that specific community and there's always going to be like pain there but you know pain makes you strong right <laughs> yeah. learn yeah definitely learning oh man you excited about the future yeah you follow musk at all a bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know i know Zeb's a big fan uh he, he he's doing some interesting stuff would you get the Neuralink implanted i wouldn't be first <laughs> 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 me either man i was like no i was i was like you know i need somebody who's smarter than me like multiple people who i think are smarter than me to have it and have benefit from it yeah before i get it yeah or, uh, i'm getting lasik next week that's that's the most i'm, I'm doing in my <laughs> myself there you go that's see that's a good one because that one was scary like, for me <laughs> it's, it's decades old though you know yeah like, like if you would have been one of the first, like if it was like the second year it came out, you'd have been like, I don't know. Um, but now it's like a procedure. Uh, did you get it done or did no, you get, you... I get it on the 29th. So seven days. There you go. Nice. Congratulations, man. You excited? Yeah. Did they make you watch the videos of like how it happens? No, they just describe it. They're like, it's about oh, 15 okay. seconds. So like, all yeah. right. Yeah. There you go. That's it. It's down to like 15 seconds. Yep. Per, per eye. So. Per eye. Oh, it's 30 seconds. Yeah. But that's not bad at all. And what's your downtime no. for that? So you, you, they, you can't drive home, they say, but like you can just see afterwards. Um, your eyes are dry for a while, but then you, you should recover pretty quickly. They don't suggest like immediately going home and me sitting in front of a computer for hours. But the next day, you know, you're back to it. So back to that screen time. Yeah. <laughs> Until until we don't need screen time anymore, right? Until until the brain interfaces happen. When they do, then you can make a like click up Neuralink app, so I can keep all my tasks in my head and remember them very easily. <laughs> that reminder that like your due date's coming up. <laughs> oh, silence. <laughs> no, I went. I went. Um, I've never. I haven't heard anybody talk about it. It's not like a movement or anything, but I went notification free about eight months ago like i don't do notifications anymore i woke up one day and like i got this screen time report and it was like you picked up your phone like 200 something times today and i was like oh goodness and and then it showed me like notifications usage all that stuff and i said you know what i'm going to flip the script on this and i'm going to tell like take my phone and like make it a brick so it's perpetually and do not disturb so it's like and do not disturb full time 
and there are no notifications except for text messages. Um, so this way, I go use my phone when I want to use my phone versus my phone using me and telling me when there's things happening. And at first, it was a bit of a transition period, like because it's a it's hard on like the team because everyone's like, oh, maybe they're. It's just something you have to be like over communicate about. Like, hey, I'm no longer doing notifications. I'm going to check my stuff multiple times a day, which I do. Like, you know, I'm checking in like every hour, but I'm not picking it up 72 times an hour, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I do something similar in my, like my phone and you can't call me without like my, I have an Apple watch so that'll, that'll, um, vibrate if you call me, but typically like, I'm you're not going to be able to call me if it's not scheduled. Um, and then on top of that, as far as push notifications, thing like that, um, pretty much. I'll go check my notifications on the computer, bring them up, get through them, and then come back, you know, later. But something I do do suggest taking a look at for maybe not. If you, I sounds like you don't like notifications at all, but uh, for ClickUp, you can for what do, what do you want for notifications in app? There's a check mark next to if you go to your notification settings, every single like kind of notification type you could get, you can turn them on and off whether you want them in app to your email to your phone as a push notification. So it's like, as long as your, your process within your company kind of follows a certain way of like, oh, people only tag me in a comment if it's important, you could set up that notification to come through to your phone while like just comments won't uh, or assigned comments do and, you know, regular comments don't. So oh, that's something that. that's I nice. So it's like, it's that notification setting granularity. I'm uh, still working on not ma making sure that people don't have like notification overload because if you don't have fine tuned like notification settings, but uh, making sure that what's, what's important can come through is, is kind of nice. Yeah. I like it when they give you specific options on what, like you said, granular options. Like I enjoy that a lot and I like notifications like in Slack when I'm using Slack, I love them. Right. Cause I'm bouncing back between channels and stuff. I just needed I had just gotten personally like overwhelmed and burnt out of, of the device. And I just like, I remember, I, I remember life before cell phones. <laughs> like I remember how that was and you would just kind of like, you know, go with the flow, get your stuff done and just explore. And, and then we had technology before notifications sort of like exploded, right? Yeah. It just got really popular all of a sudden with smartphones and, uh, it's really only been in the past like 10 years too. And it's gotten a lot worse now that I like add the advertisements that'll come through with the notifications as well. It's like, oh, you want to be notified when your delivery order shows up for any of the delivery apps? Well, we're also going to push advertisements on you in those push notifications too. So uh, you, you can turn them on to know that your food's here or, and we're going to advertise to you or you get no notification. Oh, who does that? Uh, a few of them. Um, Few of them do. Yeah, you, you could you could tell me off the <laughs> off, well, yeah. off air. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I use a few different ones. I think they all do it. Like they'll tell you about their promos. They'll tell you about like, oh, today we're not doing delivery fees. Like, but don't advertise to me here. Yeah. Oh. The push notification. It's interesting how life will go. That's why, like, I hope we're gonna this what we're doing right now with our hardware and these notifications is us as a species like working out the kinks before the neural links come along because <laughs> otherwise it's just going to be chaos right there's like a 
I think it's on Amazon, a show about like just like way too many inputs. Uh, but they do have like a like a neural link type thing. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like kids watching social media and they have like 500 things in their like view and it just like projects out of their eye or something like that. But that's crazy. I saw a I saw one on Amazon called like Upload, where they put yeah. their consciousness into the cloud type deal. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, that was cool, man. I saw that and I was like, this is the future. I mean, hopefully yeah. they find a cleaner way of doing it. Your head gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as far as the, the concept of it uh, and the future, and I was curious. So I went and like researched on Wikipedia, found a page that discussed like um, they had they had a, they coined a phrase for it. Um, but the concept of putting your consciousness into a digital form or transitioning it. Uh, but there was articles, books, media back to like early 1900s. I think even like late 1800s, there's books where people are like talking about this, like as a possibility in the future when they're writing their future stories. And I'm like, whoa, if, if we've been imagining this for the better part of like 200 years as the future, and all we've done is taken steps towards it, like exponentially, it seems like a likely outcome, <laughs> right? Yeah, it'll be interesting as this computers get like stronger and stronger, see how much they can replicate for like anything, like just get a simpler organism and see how close you can get. Then we get into like the base reality conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, dude, this is fascinating. I, I, I really love what you're doing. I'm, I get so happy when I get to talk to people who are like building products that my company is becoming dependent upon. That's really useful to us. It's really exciting. And I like that, you know, you enjoy the future and uh, yeah, it's just been really great to like get, get to know you and get to talk with you. Yeah, you too. Also, uh, like, like you're saying that, you know, the future and kind of this year, it's been an interesting year because so many people went remote. So it's like, yeah. this is a big time for, you know, our software to shine as far as like what you can get done with, your entire you know you didn't expect it everybody kind of went home and uh needed to communicate and get things done and you know, it was great to see how our, our you know software could help with that yeah it's like all the all the little walk by the desk conversation reminders type deal they don't have when, yeah, yeah they went from like soft processes to like hard processes because they've had to define them and then they needed a way to like implement them remotely and so yeah it's it's going to be another, and I think we're only getting started, by the way. I think, you know, from what I've been learning, talking to some other companies, a, a lot of the businesses are well prepared to just exist Never this way go back. for the next, yeah, yeah. They're like the next year, we're 100%. After that, we'll see. But pretty much all the companies I've spoken to are like, we're going to definitely be remote for 2021. And I like it's a big investment to, to, not be remote and find out that you end up having to be remote again or something like that. So it's like, or split, like when you start to split it, where like half the people are, or like it hasn't happened as much in Florida, but in uh, larger places like New York, I think, and uh, Chicago and California, you guys have like gone in and out of stages where mm -hmm. like, you know, everyone's cowboys here. We're just like, we're done. <laughs> we're done. But um, the other states that have gone backwards in their, in their phase openings and stuff like that, I mean, that's just got to be so hard on businesses that are trying to get back into the office that haven't committed to being remote. Yeah. 
and then you you get everything set up and you're good to go and then it's just just getting back to back to full remote or another and and it's not it's not being well communicated either so it's kind of a everyday another thing but was there was there anything else that we didn't get that we want to get to we're going to tell everybody go click up sign up for the free trial explore it because you can pretty much test everything with the free trial like uh, i did i was able to and uh and the reason why we wanted you guys on the show was because like we love the product <laughs> so yeah i mean definitely go try it there's even if uh you know you're a small team that's kind of growing there's a free forever plan so as much as you can try out the thing try out just about everything on free trials that you don't have to contact anybody just click some buttons uh and it'll put you on a free trial things um so give it a shot with part of your team but also there's a there's a free forever plan so you can stay never paying who really need to or you just don't want to pay you can stay on the free forever plan and you know uh get a lot of value out of it do your chores yeah there you go <laughs> give it a shot you know give it a shot in your in your day, everyday life if, if you're not willing to you know give it a shot in your work life yet that actually might be a pretty interesting way. A lot of these, you know, a lot of people are parents too. Like you throw it, throw, yeah. throw some click up on your kid's phone and run their chores this way. <laughs> yeah. I, your kid might use it in, in school. Some, you know, we've got some schools using it, colleges using it. Oh, cool. um, so it's pretty cool. Um, also, if you, if you don't like your project management tool, which is a lot of people like go look somewhere else. There's, there's, you know, we're here. <laughs> yeah. You're not supposed to need just because it's part of work doesn't mean you have to not like using it um, or have like a bad user experience. Um, yeah. Well, one of the ways I think the way I found you guys when I, I searched for like alternatives or whatever, mm -hmm. and an article came up and it was on your site and it just had like, it compared your own product to like every other product. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of neat. They did the re it's like, you did the research for me. Yeah. Uh, it's like this product can do that. This product can do that. And uh, you guys weren't like beating up on the other ones. It was a pretty nice, like well-written evaluation of all the softwares, but it was clear like which features I needed so I could go in there with that context and read it. But yeah, I, I'm so happy for you, man. I'm so happy that it worked out like your, your first company worked out too. Like that <laughs> makes me so happy. Yeah. And I guess something we didn't touch on is we actually just raised our series B. I don't know, uh, last week. And you know, that's just, going to be an exciting year. Uh, we just did like a unicorn valuation, uh, raised a, raised a ton of money to just continue our, our mission, make that make this a, a great platform, uh, get everybody, get everybody on board. Yeah. I'm rooting for you guys. Yeah. And when I got the email, I was like, good job, man. Like <laughs> way, way to grow the company. And, uh, it's definitely going to take off like a rocket ship. Uh, and maybe Cl click up, will end up opening like a space division. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and then uber it and like sell it off no i'm just kidding but <laughs> dude this is awesome man uh so great talking with you thank you for being you uh alex you're you're awesome bud thanks a lot joel yep have a great day bud thank you so much for listening and if you found this episode useful please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it and if you have topics that you would like to hear discussed on the podcast either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.